Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Is your house ready for company? How about a new roommate? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And that's a very odd question to ask. But we're about to find out why it's a fair question and just how important it is to be ready. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let us know if you have any topics you would like us to talk about. Lastly, a special shout out to our listeners in Florida and Tennessee. So since creation, Elohim has initiated relationships with humans. The Bible records his presence with Adam in the garden and his influence over the actions of people throughout history. We read about Enoch walking with Elohim and even Noah receiving detailed instructions to build the ark, the vehicle that Elohim used to preserve mankind through the flood. Sometime after the flood, Elohim confused the language of the people, resulting in their dispersion all over the earth. The scriptures let us know that he was always there. His presence continued even though mankind started behaving wickedly again. That presence was evident when he reached out to Avram, or Abraham. Elohim spoke to him, telling Avram to leave his father's house and to go to the land he would show him. He said he would make him a great nation, bless him, and make his name great. Avram left for that land. Scripture then reads that later, Elohim appeared to Avram by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance to the tent during the heat of the day. He raised his eyes and looked, and there in front of him stood three men. On seeing them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, prostrated himself on the ground and said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, please don't leave your servant. Please let me send for some water so that you can wash your feet. Then rest under the tree, and I will bring a piece of bread. Now that you have come to your servant, refresh yourself before going on. Very well, they replied. Do what you have said. And that's found in Genesis 18, 1 through 5. Mama, this is a really awesome thing. The creator of the universe decided to drop by Avram's house, or his tent in this case. Mm-hmm. He even accepted an invitation to eat there. It's no wonder that scripture refers to Avram as a friend of Elohim. With this scripture, we move from Elohim speaking to people to Elohim visiting the residence of a particular person. I see this as Elohim drawing closer to mankind. That is pretty cool. Another time Elohim showed desire to be close was when he spoke with one of his traveling companions, saying in Genesis 18, verses 17 through 18, Shall I hide from Avram or Avram that thing which I do, seeing that Avram will surely become a great nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed in him? In essence, he was saying that Avram's my guy. I'm going to do for him what I said, and I want him to know the details of my current plan, too. As time went on, Elohim expressed his desire to be even closer with his chosen people. In Exodus 25, verses 8 and 9, Yehovah tells Moshe to build him a house. Scripture says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, 
that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. It looks like the father showed Moshe a vision of his dwelling place mm-hmm. and instructed him to create an earthly replica. We know this structure as the tabernacle of Moshe or the tent of meeting. It was designed to be precisely set up, broken down, and transported with Israel wherever they went. With this tabernacle and the instructions Elohim gave concerning his worship at the tabernacle, Elohim's presence could be with Israel all the time. Amen. In fact, Daddy, Leviticus 26 verses 1 through 12 reads, You are not to make for yourself any idols. Erect a carved statue or a standing stone or place any carved stone anywhere in your land in order to bow down to it. I am Jehovah your Elohim. Keep my Sabbaths and respect my sanctuary. I am Jehovah. If you live by my regulations, observe my mitzvot and obey them, then I will provide the rain you need in its season. The land will yield its produce and the trees in the field will yield their fruit. Your threshing time will extend until the grape harvest, and your grape harvesting will extend until the time for sowing seed. You will eat as much food as you want and live securely in your land. I will give shalom in the land. You will lie down to sleep, unafraid of anyone. I will rid the land of wild animals. The sword will not go through your land. You will pursue your enemies, and they will fall before your sword. Five of you will chase a hundred. And a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. Your enemies will fall before your sword. I will turn toward you, make you productive, increase your numbers, and uphold my covenant with you. You will eat all you want from last year's harvest and throw out what remains of the old to make room for the new. I will put my tabernacle among you, and I will not reject you, but I will walk among you and be your Elohim, and you will be my people. Wow, that's awesome. Sure is. Man, in this passage, Jehovah is strongly reminding his people that he is their Elohim. It is he who will cause only good things to happen for them, like protecting them from enemies or giving them overlapping harvests and, and just being with them. For these benefits, they have to refrain from making or bowing down to idols. They must keep his Sabbaths. They must respect his sanctuary, and they just must follow his mitzvot or his commandments, his Torah. Moshe restated his warning in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. He said, Look, I have taught you laws and rulings, just as Jehovah ordered me, so that you can do right in the promised land. So, observe and follow them. For then, all peoples will see you as having wisdom and understanding. They will say, This great nation is surely a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there that has Elohim so close to them as Jehovah Eloheinu is? Or what nation is there that has laws and rulings as just as the Torah? Only be careful so that you won't forget what you saw with your own eyes, so that these things won't vanish from your hearts. Rather, Make them known to your children and grandchildren. Tim, it sounds like Jehovah wants Israel's future generations to not forget what he has done so they can be blessed. Mm -hmm. 
He wanted Israel to be the model nation for all other nations to copy so that they could know the one true and living Elohim and be blessed too. But let's move on. Jehovah continued to dwell with his people as long as they followed his Torah. Many years later, King David wanted to honor Jehovah with a more permanent dwelling because Israel was still using the mobile, t- mobile tabernacle of Moshe. A summary of 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1-13 through 13, tells us that King David wanted to build a grand, beautiful house for Jehovah. Jehovah told Nathan the prophet to tell King David that he could not. Instead, Jehovah would build up David's house. He said he would establish King David's royal throne forever and that the descendant Jehovah chose would build him a house. He also said in another scripture found in 1 Chronicles 28, 3-6 that although David would not allow, although David would not be allowed to build him a house now, his son Solomon could do it. So far, we've talked about Elohim drawing closer to his people. He has gone from speaking to people to visiting Avram's tent, to commissioning a tabernacle or a tent of his own, to approving a temple building. In Acts chapter 2, Elohim took another step towards his people. He sent the Ruach HaKodesh to live in his people. Mm -hmm. That made each individual believer a house for Elohim. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 17, Paul describes how he and the believers in Corinth worked together to build the temples of Elohim. Paul said, Using the grace Elohim gave me, I laid a foundation, like a skilled master builder, and another man is building on it. But let each one be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Yeshua the Messiah. Verse 12 continues, Some will use gold, silver, or precious stones in building on this foundation, while others will use wood, grass, or straw. But each one's work will be shown for what it is. The day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If the work someone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If it is burnt up, he will have to bear the loss. He will still escape with his life, but it will be like escaping through a fire. Don't you know that you people are Elohim's temple and that Elohim's spirit lives in you? So if anyone destroys Elohim's temple, Elohim will destroy him. For Elohim's temple is holy, and you yourself are that temple. I think now might be a good time to ask the question, what would you do if you discovered your way of life and some of your beliefs did not line up with Elohim's instructions. Would you take the blue pill and use flimsy material to build your house, not respecting or obeying Jehovah's instructions? Or take the red pill and prepare your house for Yeshua's presence with materials that will withstand the fire? Only you can answer that question. That's a really insightful question, Mama, one that every believer really needs to answer. Early in the book of Revelation, we read a piercing message to the church of Laodicea. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 22 reads, To the angel of the Messianic community in Laodicea, write, Here is the message from the Amen, 
the faithful and true witness, the ruler of Elohim's creation. I know what you are doing. You are neither hot nor cold. How I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. For you keep saying, I'm rich. I have gotten rich. I don't need a thing. You don't know that you are the one who is wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. My advice to you is to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white clothing so that you may be dressed and not have to be ashamed of your nakedness, and eye salve to rub on your eyes so that you may see. As for me, I rebuke and discipline everyone I love. So exert yourself and turn from your sins. Here, I'm standing at the door knocking. If someone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he will eat with me. I will let him who wins the victory sit with me on my throne, just as I myself also won the victory and sat down with my father on his throne. Those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the Messianic communities. So we've gone from Elohim speaking to people, to Elohim visiting Abraham's tent, to Elohim commissioning his own tent in the camp of Israel, to David and Solomon making a building for the presence of Elohim, to the Ruach HaKodesh living in believers, making us the temple of Elohim, to Yeshua HaMashiach knocking on the door for the believers in Laodicea, now we're using the words and the analogy of Yeshua himself. Why is he outside of the door? Is he in any way knocking on the door of your heart? As believers, we should be very uncomfortable with any analogy that places Elohim outside of our hearts. Mm -hmm. Now that he has made his home in us, let us do all we can to keep him there. Amen, Daddy. Amen. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. And thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. truth.